Sport and Faith with Radio Maria. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Sport and Faith here on Radio Maria. I'm Laura, one of the co-hosts, and have my other co-host, Father Toby, here on the line. Hi, Father Toby. Hello, Laura. Good to be with you. How are you today? I'm doing very well. Good. All all good. Good, good. Um, I don't know what it's like for you, but for me, it definitely feels like uh, the first day back after... um, a bank holiday and um, being away from work and everything like that. But um, it's good to be good to be back in the swing of things. I'm afraid in religious life, bank holidays make very, very little difference. I know, to that's our life. What... So <laughs> that's the, just a normal Monday. But I'm glad everybody else had two days off. He says not begrudgingly at all. I mean, pros, pros and cons. You're not you don't have the back to school feeling that I do today. This is true. I suspected that might be the case. Um, I'm just going to introduce our guest now. Uh, We're very pleased to have um, Genevieve Wedgbury with us today. Um, Genevieve, would you like to introduce yourself? Well, thank you very much for having me. Yes, I'm Genevieve Wedgbury, as you said, and uh, I am married, living with my husband uh, here just outside of Cambridge. Um, I'm Cambridge born and bred. So I was at uh, St. Mary's School in in, in Cambridge, which uh, you may know of. And uh, then I did my undergraduate degree in theology at King's College in London before training to be an actor, uh, which was a little bit different. And um, as well as uh, being general manager, working part time for my father's small business uh, and um, also presenting for Radio Maria. So we're in our third series at the moment of uh, Women Together, which I co-present with Helena and some other lovely ladies. And I'm also involved with the Kirby Lang Centre for Public Theology in Cambridge. And um, I don't think of myself as being a sporty person <laughs> So I think that's uh, quite important to start off with. But yet sport is very important to me. And an area that I'm really fascinated by is health and well-being, um, but from a, a distinctly Christian perspective, because I passionately believe that the Bible and our faith tradition um, speaks to us about the importance of health and well-being, that God cares about our health and well-being, and that it's a holistic thing as well. So mind, body and soul, it all it all works together. Um, so that's that's where I'm coming from today. <laughs> Fantastic. And um, yeah, these are the sorts of themes that we have uh, been speaking about on the programme to date. We've had um, lots of different guests from all sorts of backgrounds. The, the original premise of the show, I think, was to have, um, you know, ex-sports uh, people, professional sports people or high-level amateur sports people. Um, but it's it's developed quite differently. And I think um, that that's only, only for the better. Um, we've had coaches, we've had uh, sports chaplains, we've had authors. Um, lay people that you know have have a you know avid uh, dedication or, or pastime in relation to sport and fitness. So um, I think it's it's led to a really diverse set of conversations, which is great. Um, and you're going to be the the last in the series, I think. So sort of a bonus episode for the series. And I think uh, you were donated to us as a bit of a favour because um, there was a bit of. Uh, um, discussion over guests for Women's Hour and Sport and Faith, and we've done a bit of a bit of a borrow, a bit of a swap, which is great. It's great to have somebody else from uh, from the Radio Maria team on the show. Um, so, looking forward to the conversation that we're going to have today. 
Well, I quite like the idea of um, being donated over. But... <laughs> <laughs> well, sort of, you know, gone gone on loan is a is an, an appropriate sort of you know footballing analogy for a sports and faith program. So. All, all is all is fair in in love and radio. <laughs> no, it's our, our absolute honour. So, um, you said that you're fascinated in health and wellbeing, and I think that the opportunity that we have with this conversation, Genevieve, is to talk not so much about. Uh, competitive and high level sport but about like you say in more holistic sport and and well-being um in fact let's just drop sport completely um because i know some people the they, they might be really into their exercise and and their well-being but the idea of of sport makes them kind of you know shudder or, or shrink away um so tell us a little bit more about sort of what what health and well-being means to you or what good health means to you yeah i mean um you know, I, I think sport is really important. And um, it's just interesting when I reflect back being at school, um, as I said, I wasn't a sporty person. And I remember that there, um, you know, there tended to be the people who were sporty and the people who were not sporty. Um, and I actually think this is a real shame reflecting back. And it's something I've heard other people say as well, that you're either in one camp or the other, because as an adult, um, you know, it has become really important to me. Um, so I run um, and not in the way that you run, Laura. Um, and this is actually this is my mantra, which you might hear more throughout the show. Um, and I always say this to myself and I say it to my husband and I just say it that my personal philosophy is, is that something is always better than nothing. Um so if I go out for a run, it's normally only for about 20 minutes, to be honest, because that works for my that that works for my schedule. And sometimes I might feel like pushing myself a bit harder and sometimes I don't. But I just tell myself, well, you know what, this is I'm doing this and it's better than me just not doing anything at all. Um, and then. And actually, during the lockdown, um, I discovered the uh, the workout videos. So we were doing the Joe Wicks, and now um, I do uh, Mad Fit is uh, who who I really like. She's American, um, and she does a whole variety of different videos. So I probably do that two three times a week as well. Um, and then I do ballet uh, about three times a week as well. So. They're my sort of main things. They're the main things that I do. And I think, well, my, my husband and I, we actually discovered the the gym together when we were on our honeymoon. Um, and that ended up being something that we really loved doing together. Um, and I think it's just really interesting to note that, you know, there is this mind body connection. And essentially, when you do these things, you feel better. I mean, you feel in control in a world which often feels out of control. Um, and psychologically, I mean, I love to exercise first thing in the morning. And normally when I wake up, I have a lot of nervous energy. And so it really works for me to go out and do something, do a bit of a workout, do some weights or go for a run or whatever. That really works for me to do that. And you do feel sort of, yeah, you've started off the day doing something really positive. And that positivity, you you carry that with you throughout the rest of the day. And there's also that knowledge, a kind of self-satisfaction, if you like, that you have done something good for yourself. You know, you know that your body is going to be thanking you for for what you've done. 
And it's actually quite interesting then educating yourself more about what happens to your body when you exercise. And you're like, oh, wow, I've got all these little endorphins flying around me now, <laughs> which my body is thanking me for. Um, so it, it's just very conducive to overall well-being. And I, I honestly think that there must be a sport that everybody could enjoy. I mean, you know, my husband, he's, um, you know, he's done sort of tennis courses and sometimes we have a game of tennis together. I used to really enjoy swimming when I was at the gym, which I'm not part of now. You know, um, one day we just did a random half day sailing just to try something different. You know, I think it's kind of exciting to think I'm sure there's something, whether you're the kind of person who likes to do a group sport or if you're more of a solo traveller, there's I'm sure there's something that anyone can find that that they could enjoy. Can I just pick up on one, one thing you said at the start there that it just struck me and I, it was quite interesting about you saying that you weren't particularly sporty at, at school. And, and it seems to me when I, I speak to my sort of female friends that there's a bit of a thing at school in that the sporty girls play a lot of sport and like it. But if you're not good at sport, then a lot of girls feel very alienated from sport in a way that doesn't seem to happen in men's sports in that there are a lot of men playing sport at a really, really bad standard. I remember when I first started playing in the adult men's cricket leagues and there's a lot of really rubbish cricketers, but they love the game and they're out there playing. And that, that doesn't seem to exist quite so much in, in women's sport to me. And I, I wonder what might be done about that. It only seems to be the really talented who get to play. Yeah, that's interesting hearing that. I mean, actually, when I... Um left uh, my secondary school they'd uh, got a new head of sport and actually her attitude was was very different and I you know there were sports that I that I did enjoy I used to enjoy doing the the high jump and I used to really enjoy net netball but there was this sense of okay well you're not a sporty person so obviously you're never really going to progress in those things which just kind of completely like you know completely just puts a wet blanket on any enthusiasm you may have and of course it's so important for um you know for for health and well-being as well especially with the obesity epidemic that we have in this country now that to get children interested in sport and to really encourage them in that is is so vital i mean it would actually be fascinating to talk to um a sports teacher you know here on the program and you know or, or as someone who's uh who, who knows a lot about the curriculum um, for secondary uh, secondary um, chil children and to just, you know, find out their thoughts about how it's taught, is there enough of it and what more could be done to encourage uh, pupils to do more. But I guess also parents have a responsibility there as well. I mean, I think um, if and when we have children, I would be in it definitely be encouraging my child to do something believing that there would be something there that they could really get something out of I think you've really touched on on a few things there um, I remember hearing a statistic about the um, the percentage of girls that stop playing sport and doing physical activity after they leave school and I can't remember exactly what it was and it, and it was a long time ago now so it's probably changed but it was definitely um, as you alluded to Father Tope it was much higher than the percentage of boys um, that stopped playing sport so there's definitely something to explore there and 
just looking at my own experience of school sport I mean first of all part of the reason I'm so sporty now is because I did sport at school that's absolutely undoubtable um I also want to go back to something that you said at the beginning Genevieve when you said sort of oh I don't run as much as you Laura I think probably you would find that you actually run more regularly and more consistently than I do um I sort of sign up for these you know running challenges and then because they're great distances I sort of have to get on with the training but I'm not great at sort of that you know something is better than nothing that regular consistent application um because I find myself pulled in too many directions and, and doing different sports. Um, but my experience of school sports was different depending on the sport. So I have experiences of having a great time on the girls' tennis team, and I wasn't that good at tennis, but there weren't enough girls volunteering to play tennis, so I got on the team sort of by default. Um, <clears throat> so I didn't feel there was any like pressure there because I hadn't sort of, you know, beaten anyone or been picked, and we ended up having, having great, great fun. Um, so that was one um, situation. I remember getting on the athletics team to do long jump and being absolutely flabbergasted that I had in that case actually was the best and therefore got on the team as a result of that. I remember being totally surprised and kind of proud, but also daunted by that, which was um, a different experience again. And then I remember the netball team and being told by, you know, some rather spiteful girls that I was only on the team because my mum was the coach, which was a, a completely different experience again and obviously, uh, you know, uh, made me feel, you know, inadequate and left out and all those, you know, kind of things that we suggested could happen um, to, to anyone. But 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 we're talking about, about girls at school and, um, you know, not just being encouraged to take part and to move their bodies and to enjoy all the benefits that you talked about, Genevieve, that come from just moving and, and playing and being in a team, but actually making it more about the the competition and the selectivity of it all. Yeah, it's it's actually really interesting to think more about, um, you know, women in particular um, and also thinking maybe around puberty. That's actually quite a difficult time for girls at school. And obviously, you know, they have all these, uh, you know, these hormonal fluctuations as well and actually that might also be a, a bit of a barrier to taking part in some sports too and that's something that has to be dealt with very very sensitively because the reality is if you know you might have a really bad period or whatever as a sort of 15 or 16 year old girl and actually you know you you may be in quite a lot of pain and discomfort and, and doing sport at that time may not be good for you so I think it's necessary to understand that the way that um, female bodies work is is different and that needs to be taken into consideration as well. Yeah, I mean, what about what about boys at school? Because um, obviously boys go through puberty too. And I know anecdotally that, you know, some some boys felt very sort of unworthy and um, demotivated by the fact that they weren't as good at sports as as other boys. Um, Father Toby, any sort of ideas about, you know, the similarities, but also the distinctions between the two genders and, and that foundation of, of sports education? I think, I think there's just uh, sadly like way more sort of body consciousness amongst, amongst girls than, than there is boys. Although, although I think with the, the rise of social media is, is kind of actually making that a, a bigger problem amongst boys now mm. than it, than it was before, which is a, a shame and, and even worse for, for for girls. 
but it just seemed to my my experience of school it was the reality was you were going to do sport and it didn't matter how good or bad you were at it that's that's what you did and there were coaches who you know took coaching their particular team seriously be it the first 15 or the or the fourth 15 and so everybody everybody got involved and i think most people found their you know the sport quite quite in, in, enjoyable um and certainly when i was at a boarding school you know a lot of sport we were playing sport in all our free time as well as um the six times a week that we had sport on the timetable uh anyway so i absolutely loved it and it was one of the best ways that we bonded as as friends mm. um i think one of the the good things say about uh, some of the traditionally male sports that are now being played by girls is is that they're really easy to do and you don't need to do anywhere so like football you can improvise and play in any sort of situation or even a bit of sort of bedroom cricket whereas that sort of you know netball hockey which were more traditionally the girls sports you needed a bit more structure um and the sort of the right kit the right place to to play them and so there wasn't as much opportunity for just sort of improvising and, and playing in your in your in your free time that's actually something that's um you've segued perfectly into what was uh, a thought that was percolating in my mind there father toby and i don't know what you think about this genevieve but i've always found it frustrating that when i was at school there was a very clear distinction between female sports and male sports because i've picked up football in the last couple of years and loved <coughs> it and can see a massive gap between myself and some fairly average um, males that are playing but just because they've got lots of years of, of of practice through school and I thought why was I never given the opportunity to play football at school and I hated hockey yet I was made to go to an outdoor centre in the winter on a cold Monday morning for three years to play hockey and the boys didn't um, and I hope that that's that's changing now um, but that's quite restrictive as well isn't it? Yeah, I mean, gender stereotyping. I mean, as it happens, I don't think I would have enjoyed football or rugby. <laughs> <laughs> as you might be able to guess by the fact I do ballet now. Um, however, my um, <laughs> my uh, nieces uh, do football and they absolutely love it. They really, really enjoy it. So I think that's that's wonderful. And if, you know, if it gives more choice and there's opportunity, as you said, to do something where almost you don't have to take it too seriously, and I think that's the thing, you know, if, to do something, you're more likely to do something that you enjoy doing. Um, obviously, it's a bit difficult at school because, you know, to an extent, there are bound to be some restrictions on, you know, um, the curriculum and, you know, things being timetabled and that and that sort of thing. But, yeah, just to be able to just just have some fun, just to sort of mess around a little bit. You know, if that's um, a bit of an introduction into physical activity um then yeah i'm absolutely all for that yeah if you've had um a humiliating experience or, or been made to feel bad about yourself in in a sporting environment you know it's not necessarily the sport or the sporting you know in, environment but itself but it's it but people's memories run deep and and, and a lot of people will then not not return and, and then that can have detrimental effects on their health and their well-being um as they grow up and i'm glad to see you know i'm glad your nieces play football and I, i'm sure you know since i was at school with the coverage of women's football on on tv being increased and more women commentators and and things like that i hope that access is kind of um 
improve, but I, I wonder if people really I, I really appreciate the importance of physical education at school and, and the impact that that can have on on later life. I mean, I don't know, for example, do children have to do physical activity like a sport every day at school? I mean, how many times a, a, a week is it? I'd be really fascinated to know that because I don't know. And whether it's optional or whether yeah. it can be sort of dropped. Um, I mean, I wish they'd kept it in the curriculum, even if you weren't doing a, qualifica- a GCSE qualification in it or an, or an A-level in sports science, that you would still, because it gets quite academic at that level anyway. Um, I wish they'd just kept, you know, physical recreation um, in the curriculum and, and even at university Wednesday afternoons were kind of sport afternoons but only really if you belonged to a sports society which usually meant you were competing or you were committing at, at a high level yeah I mean does you know is the definition of sport um does that mean that it has to be competitive or I mean how, how... I don't think so no no you wouldn't you wouldn't think sport has to be competitive either would you father Toby Uh, uh, no, it doesn't have to be competitive, but I, again, I'm, I'm, I'm never quite sure sort of how much of this is sort of just like it's sort of mythologizing stuff. But you, you do hear stories about sort of competitive sport, people seeking to sort of get rid of that. And I think competitive sport is really, really important. But the what's also important is, is that sport not only be played competitively but be played just for the the sheer enjoyment of it but yeah. certainly if you'd if you'd taken competitive sport out of my childhood it would have been yeah very different and not as enjoyable yeah and so i think the personality types are really fascinating as well um considering this subject um you know you have to i love that phrase know thyself know god and i think um yeah, you need to get to know yourself and know what kind of personality you have. And if you have that very competitive drive, um, then I'm sure, you know, God is probably going to want you to do something that, you know, to an extent that brings that out and exercises that that part of yourself. Um but not everybody is the same. And, uh, you know, somebody might be a, a much sort of quieter, a much uh, less competitive type of person. But, you know, sport is it's just good for us just generally and I think that's the message that 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 needs to go out um and that uh you know for everybody out there listening who maybe might feel that they're not doing enough they're not being as physically active as they I don't like the word should would like to be (laughs) yeah would like to be um you know just to think that there's as I said, something is better than nothing. It's amazing the uh, content which is available on YouTube now. I mean, you could literally do, you know, like a 10 minute hit session or something. You yeah, know, you it doesn't could... even have to cost money. I think cost yeah. has often been been cited as, as a barrier. Gyms are expensive and sports memberships and equipment can be expensive. But you've, you've given already lots of examples, Genevieve, of how, you know, you can get yourself moving without it, without it costing the earth. And I think we just need, we've, we've, We've talked about, you know, examples from school and our experience that have made sport feel inaccessible. And I think there just needs to be room for sport, sport or fitness at whatever level you want to, whether that's recreational, competitive. If it's just moving in, you know, a dance class or an aerobics class with no no goal in mind, no um, team to beat or anything like that. And, And sometimes, unfortunately, people aren't made to feel that there is room for them. 
Exactly. And it's the choices that we make every day, too. So, um, you know, sometimes if I park on the, you know, the fifth floor of the car park, <laughs> I will say, yeah, I'm going to take the stairs to walk up. Um you know, now not all the time. So like, obviously, if I'm carrying about 10 bags of shopping or something, then um, I probably won't decide to do that. But that is just a choice that you can make. Um, and, you know, the other thing that I'm aware of is, you know, I have this in incredible freedom at the moment, um, not having children. But I think, gosh, how does that work? How does that work for busy mums and dads, um, you know, keeping up... Uh, their exercise. Busy priests for that matter. Busy priests. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, exactly. I mean, I know we're all busy in, in, in sort of varying degrees and uh, with various responsibilities. But I think that is an interesting one as well. If you're a busy mum, you know, how would you or, or, or do you just have to say, you know what, the next three years, that's probably just not going to be part of my routine because I'm getting exercise picking up this child and you know running after them and that sort of thing but that's quite an interesting area to consider as well I think I think it... I always think being mum is a great sort of weightlifting program because you start off with this very small weight and I know when my sort of friends pass me their children and I'm like you know two minutes absolutely fine and then after about two minutes I'm saying this child's really really heavy but there's this sort of uh, competitive element in me or ego thinks I don't want to say to their mum who's been carrying the child for about half an hour and not said anything, excuse me, can you take your child back now? I'm struggling with this. Um, but you know, mothering is a really physical activity if, if you're doing it. And women develop incredible ability to carry around quite a substantial weight for long periods of time and seem to manage to do other stuff at the same time. That is true. I mean, my sister-in-law, I mean, you know, as you as you've said, you just kind of carry, you know, a niece or something for like however long. And then you're thinking, oh, my goodness, how does my sister-in-law do this sort of all hours of the day? She must yeah. have some seriously strong biceps by this point. Um, so, yeah. Children wriggle a lot as well, so they're quite a dynamic uh, weight. And actually, I have known some some friends that have had sort of injuries caused, almost like repetitive strain injuries from, you know, carrying children a certain way, you know, over a period of time. But I think the best way to do the sort of weight training practice that Father Toby suggested is when I've gone for walks with friends and they put the baby in a sling on the front or the back because you see people going for a walk, don't you, uh, a run sometimes with um, with weights on them. Um, it's just kind of doing that, but with a little human <laughs> instead. Yeah, I think that's the yeah, way to go. We should probably say at this point, Radio Maria does not advocate using your child as a dumbbell. Um, <laughs> no, it's not the, It's not today's sport of choice. Important point to clarify. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think let's go back to the conversation about, you know, broadening it out from, you know, parents and just talk about, you know, priorities and lack of time, which I think a lot of people... Um, I know would would use as their reason why they don't do more sport and and you know we could talk a lot about all the benefits that you get from it how it improve your your concentration and your energy levels and and therefore it should be prioritized but if people aren't in that habit it's um it's tricky um father toby you what do you think about that because I know you're still quite passionate about sport even though you you know obviously have chosen another profession <laughs> Yeah, like I, what you were saying there about sort of fitting fitting sport in that sometimes there's just phases of my life where I don't really do um, 
that that much sort of sport or sort of you know intentional exercise um but i have recently got a got a bike and so now i do most of where i would have used public transport i'm now on the bike and so that's massively increased the amount of exercise that i'm doing and i just feel so much better for that um it also helps that you can gamify it a little bit by you know setting targets and um genevieve mentioned that she was a, a student at, at king's i'm now chaplain uh catholic chaplain at king's and king's shows that in order to incentivize the students um, and staff to exercise you can uh link your um king's account to strava or one of the other fitness apps and then rather ironically that entitles you to free treats in the cafe so uh <laughs> so i i've got quite obsessive about collecting points for free uh coffee and cake and in, in the cafe and doing quite well out of that now that i've started cycling but i think um genevieve mentioned about um having energy in the in the morning that's not something that i really relate to but uh but mornings are really important i think because if you can get up a little bit earlier than the time that you absolutely have to be up that is that's the sort of the really rare time where you're unlikely to get interrupted um whereas once the sort of the day and its commitments get underway then obviously you've got the various commitments that you have and also other people can then call you things can can go on and so the idea of just fitting it in i think it's a little bit like our approach to prayer sometimes that we intend to prayer we intend to pray we have a a firm intention that today i will i will pray but we don't move from what in a sort of thomistic way we might go the sort of the, the intention to the the command to the actual decision to pray now and so we just live with this vague aspiration of praying a vague aspiration of exercising but because we haven't actually decided when we're going to do it or how we're going to do it it doesn't happen um and a, a pretty high profile catholic at the moment mark mark Wahlberg, who um helena and i um reviewed his latest film father stew on the culture tuesdays and it's it's a brilliant film he he released a little thing um recently about his uh daily daily routine and he gets up obscenely early um but in order to to pray and to uh and to hit the gym and that's that's his routine every morning he gets up before his kids are up in order that he can pray and do some exercise because he realizes that that both those are really important for for him being a a, a good catholic man and father yeah, I, um, my husband, actually, we, we were reading uh, an article by Mark um, and his routine, from what I remember, is insane. It's like no yeah. normally. 2.30 a.m. Yeah, no normal person would, you know, ever be able to approach that. But yeah, it was incredibly impressive. But what I feel um, and Toby, I, I don't know how you how you feel about this, but, you know, from a Christian perspective, I think we've, we're 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 placed very interestingly as Christians um, debating this subject, because I believe that, you know, that God, he really cares about our, he cares about our physical bodies and that our physical bodies are actually a very spiritual thing. Um, whereas, you, you know, we tend to, um, 
we tend to separate that and we think of the spiritual things as being perhaps more matters of the mind and you know the body the the bodily concerns that the health of the body is perhaps you know sometimes in in a sense maybe being inferior to that or lesser than that whereas my own um personal journey has been inspired by you know, recognizing that actually the mind and the body works very much together and actually focusing on our physical health can have an enormous impact on our spiritual health as well. Um, and maybe that connection isn't isn't always made. But to know, you know, first and foremost, that God loves us and he, he cares about our health and well-being. I know we live in a fallen world and, you know, we're often faced with uh, situations and health problems which are, are far from from perfect and certainly, you know, can't be cured by going for a run or anything like that. But conversely, um, the, um, how we treat ourselves actually has a big impact on our overall health. And a bit like um, the attention that's paid now to creation care, and we're called to be good stewards of this beautiful creation that the Lord has given us, that I believe that, you know, we also have to think more about the stewardship of ourselves as as temples of temples of God. Yeah, absolutely. It's a really I think that's a, it's a really important point within within the sort of Christian tradition you you have a, a spectrum of, of beliefs on the on the on the body um you know some people would operate on the more platonic end of the spectrum which, which would lead to a dualism essentially a soul trapped in a in a body um the more proper position uh definitely from a dominican point of view and like following saint thomas who who follows sort of aristotle with a to use a sort of techie term, a strong hylomorphism, which just basically means a, a strong idea of the body and body and soul, um, such that as as you were saying, a, a spiritualized body, not a not a not a soul trapped inside a, a body, and we see that in the resurrection accounts that we've been reading in the in the last few weeks, where Jesus is definitely bodily. But there's something remarkable about this body, the way that suddenly he just appears in rooms, seemingly sort of going through doors, the way that he's recognizable one moment and unrecognizable the other. Um, but he's definitely bodily. And we profess in our creed that we believe in the resurrection of the body. Um, so the body really does matter. And I remember once reading um jordan peterson's book uh, 12 rules for life and i know he he splits opinion but a, a lot of young people i speak to seem to get interested in the faith because of reading jordan peterson but he speaks about um the christian commandment to to love your neighbor as you as you love yourself and and what he said about it seems obvious but it hadn't struck me before which is if we don't love ourselves well then the love that we give our neighbor will be lousy because if we love our neighbor as we love ourselves and we're and we're not looking after ourselves, then it's very unlikely that that we'll look after others well. And in the same way, if we're not capable of looking after our our body, our ability to look after our spiritual health is is likely to be diminished as as well. Um, so yeah, I think sort of you know looking after your looking after your body, not sort of worshiping it, not falling falling into 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 vanity and obsessing over it. But recognizing that our, our bodliness is a, is a, is a gift, um, you know, and a, and 
gifts are, are to be treated differently to to things that I've that I've earned for myself. A gift requires a a certain respect out of love for the the giver of the gift. Um, and so I try and view our bodily health in in that context. Yeah, and that helps us sort of move away from maybe some of those negative stories that we've told ourselves about our bodies or about sport and what it means if we can make that beautiful connection, like you mentioned right at the beginning, Genevieve, between mind and body um, and how it's a gift and how it helps us um, connect to God and, and worship God and um, and how we should treasure that. That's, a, you know, a very different um psychology isn't it that I've definitely tried to to move more into um so that when I do play sport and work out that I'm not missing an opportunity to to say a little prayer to offer that to God to um have a set an intention um whilst I'm you know uh focusing on that sport instead of just listening to mindless music or something to be able to uh to make that a prayer um and and if you can't get up at 2.30 in the morning, you can always pray while you're doing your exercise or um, I have listened to uh, to Radio Maria while I've been in the gym, you know, and they can they can provide real opportunities for we've even talked about just walking in nature and, and reflecting and and having a conversation with God, which, you know, many secular people talk about the benefits of, of meditating in nature. But if you do that with a, a you know, a Christian um mindset it, that can be you know some of the most fruitful prayer you ever have i think yeah i think the holistic yeah, aspect i think the key is mm. just getting up just getting up a little bit earlier than you would do normally you know if you if you were getting up at three o'clock then maybe 2 30 is the time but if you're getting up at eight just getting up at seven seven thirty yeah, um, i'm also conscious we've been having a wonderful conversation but we we did invite genevieve to to give some song choices and well, before we run out of time maybe we should allow her to have one of her songs having 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 asked her to give some requests yeah we've just been having such a great conversation but you're right and also i also want to take the opportunity because genevieve has given we've been picking sport related songs for weeks and months now um and we haven't had these yet and they're all great ones so yeah we'll take a short pause and we'll have uh, the first choice which is kate bush running up that hill and then we'll uh, join again for some closing thoughts thank you
So a few minutes there to, to respect the, the beauty of, of Cape Bush and running up that hill um, with a tentative sports link as well. Um, okay, so we're back with uh, with Genevieve and Father Toby. And uh, Genevieve, you, you talked uh, towards the beginning of, of the show when you were introducing yourself and your relationship with sport that you um, you and your husband started going to the gym on honeymoon and, and you've you've mentioned, you know, activities that you do together. I'm wondering if you could tell us a bit more about that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I was always... Um I'd, I'd started uh, doing ballet uh, before I got married um, and I was always aware that I, I, I felt better through doing physical activity. But it was actually when we were on honeymoon in the hotel we were staying in, it had a little gym and we just really enjoyed the routine of, of, of going there. So when we came back um, to Cambridge, we actually both enrolled in, in the local gym, which was thankfully only about a 10 minute walk down the road from us. And um, it just became something that, that we could do together. Um, and actually, even now, even though now we're, we're not at the gym, but running um, is something that we do together or the fitness videos are something that we do together. Um, and, you know, or we might go off and have a game of tennis or whatever it is, or just go off for a really, really nice long long walk and yeah it's it we really really enjoy it and my husband a bit like me would never have seen himself as a sporty person but he has been you know mesmerized by the the way it makes him feel about himself that it does make you feel good I think maybe one of the differences between us is um I'm very intentional as a person um and I'm aware that sometimes you don't always feel like getting up and going for a run, but you sort of know that you're going to feel better after you do it. Um, and and I think that is something else that I would say to people who listen, that you, you, you know, you're not always going to feel like getting your heart rate up and, and, and having a bit of a sweat, um, but it's really good when you do. But conversely... Um, there are also times when it's really important to rest and there are times when it's really important not to push yourself. And this actually kind of ties into a topic that I'm also really passionate about, which is body literacy. And this is also um, a, a very holistic approach as well to health and well-being. Um, and I'm sure that, you know, our listeners are very familiar with the practice of the examen, getting to the end of the day and thinking about what gave you life during that day. And I do believe that God, um, as, 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 as Jesus said, you know, he's come to give us life in abundance. So I think that you know, if one wants to do more sport and certainly the way that I approach it and my husband approaches it as well is, you know, what do you feel sort of delights you? What do you feel excites you? I mean, my husband has actually um, booked, uh, in fact, he'd forgotten about it. He'd forgotten that he'd booked himself to go on a, a hundred mile sportive um, ride this uh, this Saturday, which he's doing. <laughs> Um, he'd, he'd forgotten that he was doing it, but, but he's really looking forward to it. And he's just booked himself to, um, to cycle off to, um, Bury St. Edmunds, uh, later on in the summer and just to take himself off, stay in a campsite for the night. And he's just set himself that challenge. But when he was talking about it to me, um, he got really excited about doing that, um, in the same way that, 
you know, I'm doing a ballet exam later this year and I'm and I'm excited about it when I do the ballet classes. I'm, you know, I'm really, really enjoying doing that. Um, and sometimes I think, oh, I'd really like to, you know, to try a bit of um, windsurfing, for example, that you, you have to follow that aspect of yourself. I think following the joy and following the delight. And it's often in that that we that we find God as well. Um, so body literacy, a holistic awareness of um, health and well-being, you know, learning uh, what what works for you, you know, when in the day you prefer to exercise. So my husband, for example, he actually tends to prefer doing something after work, whereas for me, as I mentioned before, doing something in the morning is um, the best time for me. Um and as I said, I, I think it, it, it makes a difference, you know, emotionally and, and to our spiritual lives as well, that sometimes it, things can actually work that way round. Um, so, yeah. And that quality time and, you know, that training together, for want of a better word, I mean, it is training together. Um, you know, does that nurture your marital bond as well, would you say? Yeah, definitely. It yeah, it it really does. I mean, the lovely thing actually about walking is that um it's you know that that you can talk when you do that and that's we always have some of our best chats when we go for a walk. And somehow it's different from when you're sitting across the table from one another. I don't really know why, but um there's something about walking and I know you would know this with the whole idea of pilgrimages and that sort of thing. Walking is a is, is a wonderful thing thing to do. But, um, you, you know, with sports, if you actually play together like tennis, for example, I mean, it's just fun. And, you know, sometimes I guess it's very easy to get caught up in the, you know, the humdrum of life, you know, and you know, you're running a home together, you're thinking of perhaps the bills that need to be paid, or you need to do this, or you need to fix that, or, oh, you know, I mustn't forget this, or, and all these sorts of concerns. And I think for the health of a relationship, it's so important to just be able to focus on something which you're just doing for the two of you, and which which isn't about your your responsibilities and you can just enjoy it just for the sake of enjoying it. And those times are really important as well. So maybe if you're wondering what to do on date night, you know, <laughs> go down the gym. <laughs> exactly. Go to the gym or book the tennis court. Yeah, no, that's great. That's an aspect of, you know, the relationship between sport and, and vocation that we that we haven't really discussed on the show before. So I think that's really important. And, you know, you have those shared memories together and a bit like, you know, you said you might not always feel like going for a run or, or, or doing exercise, but when you do, you feel better. I think we also tap into our emotional memory of, of when sport has made us feel good or we felt that connection with a person, a teammate or your husband. or And, and I think, you know, all that is really important as well in being joyful as as you say god has, has commanded us to be um so i think they can be um sort of like muscle memory emotional memory that you can tap into when you are tired and you've had a a hard day absolutely and um you know i think i mentioned that uh, we did a half day sailing it was a couple of years ago now and that was just a sort of random thing that i booked up and said john i've just booked for us to do a half day's sailing um, and it was really, it was just really, really good fun. I mean, you know, we haven't, okay, we haven't done it again. It's not like suddenly it's become a, a, a big thing for us, but it was, it was fun just to do something a bit different and then go and enjoy a nice lunch afterwards and 
you know, just to say that you've tried it. So I think wild swimming, that is another one on my hit list. That's what I really want to do as well. So, yeah, it's fun. It's fun to do different things. And then you don't have to worry so much about the consistency and the routine, although there are benefits to those things. You know, like you say, you can just choose something to do as a one off or something you've always fancied doing and, and add that that creativity and that novelty to it. It doesn't always have to be about getting up at 5am and going to the gym or going for a run every single day, which again goes back to, you know, the individuality of it all and how you should just try and find something that, that suits you. Yeah, something that, 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 that works for you. Um, Father Toby, I don't know whether you have any thoughts as to um, what sports Jesus might have played back in... Uh... What a great question to finish on. <laughs> Like the walking, like you said, but uh, sort of in, inevitably, because that was his main mode of getting around. But I thought what you said about sort of walking and then a little bit about um, you know, just playing ch- tennis with your husband and the, the sheer delight in it. I think one of the, the great things about sport and, and also about walking is that it's not uncomfortable to walk with somebody in silence. But if we're sitting down at a table, um, with somebody and it's unless we really really love them and we really know them well to be in silence with them is really awkward and so but things become forced and we don't end up having the really deep conversations because we're just so desperate to keep some conversation of, of any sort going yeah. whatsoever but but walking and, and sport allow us to just delight in the in the presence of the other and to just delight in in sharing the same the same space the same the same view with a with with another and so i think they're really really important and i've noticed from walking on pilgrimages that because of the the length of time that you will be with that person and because of the the unforced nature of of the com of the conversation um that actually that's where the really deep conversations that that matter um tend to happen yeah and actually, just to keep it real, I mean, you know, obviously, like any married couple, sometimes we've had arguments, would you believe? And actually then <gasps> going to the gym and, you know, or doing something physical actually is it, it's really good because it gets you out of your head. Um, and I think that is actually one of the major benefits of, of sport and exercise is that you're, you know, you're you're doing something with your body and it takes you out of the... The, you know, that sometimes you get trapped in a bit of a, um, like a hamster wheel, like a hamster wheel of going round and round in circles and you just do something completely different. And more often than not, you know, you go to the gym or you go for a run or something and actually you find whatever it was has, has really diffused and, and you're in a much better place. And top up those well, I think that's really, really important what you, what you say, say that because going back to what we were discussing earlier about um the goodness of of the body so much of modern life effectively operates dis disembodied um you know an awful number large awfully large number of people just spend their working day at the at the screen and, and everything that they produce is is electronic it's it's intangible um and I remember reading a, a book by a really interesting philosopher um, called Matthew Crawford, who, as well as being a philosopher, um, runs a, a sort of motorbike repair shop. And it's called Shopcraft as Soulcraft, an, an inquiry into the value of work. And he just talks about the importance of doing stuff with your hands, the importance about actually living in an, an intentionally in, in, embodied 
life and uh and and that relieves so much tension and so much stress because a little bit like the caged animal that starts to pace up and down when it's nature is frustrated in 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 the zoo because it wasn't made to be caged in the same way you know we weren't made um to be you know completely idle um we weren't made to to live life just in our heads and when we live life just in our heads as it's all too easy to do now that actually frustrates our nature and i think it leads to depression and it and it leads to us being frustrated often not knowing why but actually sport and exercise is a is a really important outlet for that absolutely and so much of my acting training was actually about getting out of out of our heads um you know and that's exactly what we were taught that because we're staring at a computer screen we're like heads you know, we're just kind of heads. And um, and something else that I do regularly as well is Pilates. And um, the great... How do you have the time with everything I know, else? how do I have the time? I mean, <laughs> but the great thing about that is that it's so slow um, that that's another thing. It takes you into a different rhythm where it's not just about being fast, fast, fast. And you're, you know, you've got to be so aware of every single part mm. of your body and how everything connects together I think that's really important. And I always tell myself, I don't know if there's any truth in, in this, but I tell myself, okay, I'm, I'm strengthening my core. And as I'm doing that physically, I feel like I tell myself that that's what's happening spiritually as well, that, that this is what I'm working towards, that I, I want to have that really strong core. I want to have that resilience, you know, mind, body and soul. So I, I, I love this idea of the two working together but also father toby and i know we're coming to a close now but um i love what you've just said and i think there is that there's something very playful about sport as well um and i was reading a, a fascinating book called subversive sabbath um which spoke about the sabbath day as being a day of of playfulness and a day of 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 recreation and i think that's something else that that sport can 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 bring to the table as well yeah there's there's another book i've uh, got this time i haven't read it but i really want to to read it and it's called um homo ludens um a study of the play element in in culture um and and the importance of that and it's really remarkable when you you think about just how many games and sports have been invented um in the course of of human history and it seems to me one of the really strong points about sort of english culture that we seem to be particularly good at devising games um you know our our, our sports are one of our our most successful um exports and so i think it's it's something to be sort of proud about about british culture in our sort of sporting creativity even if now we tend to get beaten by the countries that we gave the sports to but at least we came up with a good game in the first place yeah yeah i tried croquet for the first time over the weekend which was which was oh. good fun i'd never done that before i need something of your That's creative I spirit in cambridge i loved it yeah, I need to. I'm inspired to try all these new sports now. Get out of my ruts of my my regular stuff. And um, we've packed so much in there. So thank you so much, uh, both Father Toby and Genevieve. We will play um, another of Genevieve's song choices as we play out. But um, just say thank you and, and goodbye to you both. And um, I hope everyone listening, you know, got something there from all of our chats about you know the benefits of sport and exercise, how it links to our faith, and um, how we should all get on and do more of it and find ways to do so. Have some fun. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. 
so much for joining us, Genevieve. Thank you.